Annenbeile is an older system of naming people, which is common in all Gaeltacht areas. It used to be a thing in medieval Ireland as a showpiece at a feast that you could trace your lineage all the way back to King Solomon or something, you know. I'd be Eamon Hyman Fickel Pat Hjorn O'Cronin. <laughs> well, that's as far back as I can go, but I know people that can go back a lot further. Eamon Hyman Vickel Pat Sean O'Cronin was born, raised and still resides in Rathcarn, the Gaeltacht area in County Meath. Well, Rathcarn is the smallest Gaeltacht in the country. We're only an hour from the capital. It's not a, a traditional Gaeltacht in the sense that it hasn't always been here. It's a plantation that happened in 1935. In a reversal of Oliver Cromwell's To Hell or To Connacht directive, the Land Commission offered Connemara Gaeltacht residents the fertile Meath fields of a former absentee landlord. They would have been fishermen and boatmen by, by trade. So moving here to where they had to plough land it would have been the first time they'd used a plough. They dressed differently, they sounded different, they spoke, they didn't speak English, most of them. Colin Fari was a great storyteller. He was from Inishtrawer. There's a great recording of him telling the story of the first time they went to Navan. They were walking around Navan with their iron jumpers and the Bonin Bon, which was a white knitted hat that they used to wear. And he said that the locals were kind of looking at them by the way they were dressed. They, they thought these were some kind of foreigners. But the way he described it was uh, that they thought they were Arabs. <laughs> Wherever he got that, I don't know, but... Yeah, there was opposition to it. There was rows between the people of the Gaeltacht here and from the surrounding towns in the early years. There was one instance of a bullet fired through a door. It was kind of left there as a badge of honour, you know. <laughs> one in the Gael politician at the time in Nabor gave a speech vowing to his supporters that there won't be a word of Irish spoken around here within three years. And he was promising to his supporters that that would be the case. Clearly wasn't, which is a fantastic thing. Today, Rathcarn has a population of four to five hundred residents, with about two thirds of those speaking Irish as their primary tongue. But this is only one of Ireland's Gale talks. Cork, Kerry, Galway, Mayo, Donegal, and you also have Anrhein in Waterford. Julian Despawn is General Secretary of Conrad Nagelga, and he warns that many of our Gale talks are in decline. There's about 95 to 100,000 living in those Gaeltacht areas. In the last census, we found out that there was 11% less daily speakers than the census before that in those Gaeltacht areas. So we would say that the Gaeltacht areas are in crisis and need additional supports to ensure that the language survives and thrives there. So I'm from Ranafast, which is a small Gaeltacht area in Donegal. One such Gaeltacht expat is Hugh McGillicarra. My own mother was a, a banantee for many years. There was definitely a bit of, you know, farmless flirting going around whenever we were growing up. And I know that my, my cousins definitely were breaking hearts left and right. But like that kind of, you know, especially with COVID and everything, that kind of really took a knock. And, you know, there isn't really much opportunity for people my age to stick around. Uh, you know, I've been living in Dublin for about six years at this point. Historically, you would go to Galway for college and you'd come back for work, whereas now it's kind of you go to Galway and you stay in Galway or you go to Dublin or you stay in Dublin. Or There's just not really any opportunities really to do what you want um, at home at the moment. Though Hugh and other young Gaeltacht natives are doing their best to safeguard and spread the Irish language wherever they go. 
comedian Hugh tours around with Gwail Gari, a troupe of stand-up comedians who performed their sets Oscalga. He's also joining the growing ranks of Gwail Gore influencers with tens of thousands of followers on TikTok and videos there with more than 5 million views. Hi, it's Mr. Hugh McGillicata. I'm Shaw. So, why not track the fucking or TikTok at 10 Nailik? Hugh says that social media is driving a new wave of interest in the language. Yeah, it's fantastic, especially with lockdown and everything. We just started spending so much time on our phones and so much time on social media. And with Irish language, especially, like it's always been kind of seen as something that was kind of stuck to the classrooms and it wasn't really something that could be seen as kind of cool or kind of fun. But I think with musical acts like Kneecap and Shaolin and, you know, theatre companies as well, like that there's so much opportunity to be working with the Irish language. If anything, it's an advantage. Non-native speaking young people, like the Belfast rapping trio Kneecap, are increasingly taking up the Gaelga mantle and making it their own. I'm Annie Hjarul, founder of Enochamorak Swap Shop and Market. I'm not from the Gaeltacht, I'm from Manute in Kildare. Um, we were one of the first classes that went through Gaelscully Eoch when that was founded. And obviously that gave me a really good foundation. But to be honest, when I was kind of in my teens, I lost my way a little bit. I didn't understand how important it was, I suppose, or I didn't know what else I could do with it outside of school. And so when I got to college, someone brought me to a pub on Harcourt Street called Club Hunter Nguelga. It's down under the ground. If you've been there, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. And that just changed my outlook on it. Far from just being the changa of Peg Sayers, Emma says that many young people now see Irish as the language of progress. A lot of conversations that come up with the people that I know through Irish tend to be about like social movements, about what we could be doing. They tend to be quite tuned into social issues and obviously the environment is a huge one and fast fashion is obviously one of the biggest issues. That is kind of the main thing that we want out of the Anuk and why we chose to do it through Irish because you get a group of people into a room who are there to shop but also there for a chat and they can stay for a cup of coffee, for a drink, whatever it might be and have those kind of conversations and hopefully over time it kind of changes your outlook on it and it's been really positive so far. Emma's pop-up swap shops not only sell vintage and second-hand clothes to conscious consumers, they also offer Sarah Nashka stalls to Gwailgori-owned businesses who make everything from candles to greeting cards and more. Yeah, there's a lot of Gwailgori businesses and young creators kind of doing graphics and stuff as Gwailgori that are really cool, really edgy and yeah, it's nice to support them. It can support the survival of our Gwailgori too. My name is Eamon Terry, owner and founder of Crystal Narina in Onrhein in the Waterford Gaeltacht. I was actually born here and I grew up here in the Gaeltacht, went to school here. But at that time, you probably had two choices. You either went working in a factory or you became a fisherman. And I love the sea. I love sailing, but uh, I didn't want to become a fisherman. Eamon was saved from a life at sea or an almost certain departure from Waterford, when Waterford Crystal opened up in Dungarvan, and he joined them as an apprentice, eventually becoming a master glass cutter and training other apprentices in the craft. It was fabulous, just a, a job that I really loved. And then I left Waterford Crystal in 1987, and I set up my own enterprise here in Onrhein. Since then, Crystal Narina has attained moderate success. 
I was commissioned twice to make the Shamrock Bowl for the presentation of the Shamrock in the White House, 2017 and 2021. So we, it's a great honour to have two pieces of my work sitting in the White House. Crystal Narina isn't just owned and run by a Gwailgor. It takes inspiration from the Irish language, culture and landscape as well. Well, we have a, a couple of ranges of our crystal. One is called Clo, which is inspired by the Ohm alphabet. We just introduced a new design at Showcase this year called Cloch, and that's inspired by stone walls. And Udras Nagaeltakta, they have a tag on on Nagaeltak products that you can use, and we do use it as well. It's a logo with Nagaeltak on it. I think we have an advantage doing business through Irish because it is it's unique. And if you look at a lot of advertising now for different products, you'll see the Irish language creeping in because it does say that the product is an Irish-made product, and there is fairly big demand for Irish-made products from abroad at the moment. Helping Gwaeltacht-based businesses to thrive is one way of ensuring these areas' survival. But back in Rathcarn, Eamon tells me a national problem is threatening their future. Because we're such a small Gwaeltacht and so close to, to Dublin, we're actually within the commuter belt here. So house prices are astronomical. Any house that goes for sale on the open market is completely uncontrolled. But the problem then is if an Irish-speaking family wants to move here and raise their family through Irish, they have to compete with the open market to buy a house, which means that most likely it's going to be out of range for them. Besides that, Meath County Councils, despite what it says in the, in the County Development Plan, their planners won't allow Irish-speaking families to move into the Gaeltacht unless they can prove that they have local need. And the need to raise their families through Irish in a community where Irish is the first language isn't considered a local need by Meath County Council. And it's actually stated in the development plan that special consideration should be given to Irish speakers who wish to move into the area. But that isn't being enforced. It's clear that Irish is having a revival among young people, that business owners now see it as a viable language of commerce and that Gaeltacht residents have the grow to stay close to home. But without focused safeguarding strategies, Eamon feels our national Gael talks could become culture regardless. We need more people to come in. This place was founded on bringing people in to the area. There's plenty of families in Dublin that are raising their children through Irish and in Belfast and other big towns and urban centres around the place who would love to be in a community where it's the first language. It makes the parents' jobs so much easier. We can balance it out such that people who want to buy a house within an hour of Dublin can do so anywhere, but that we can kind of encourage any family who wants to raise their children through Irish, that it's easy for them to build a house in the Gaeltacht. Because, as they say in English, it takes a village to raise a child, you know. So to do so through Irish is hugely challenging when you don't have that around you in the community. 